0: Welcome to Countdown to Eternity. On today's program, Pastor James Cadiz will briefly rehearse the story of the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis and explain how we're witnessing this very phenomenon in the modern day through the spirit of Antichrist prevalent in our world and culture. The very moments we're witnessing is unprecedented. And the Bible tells us how God expects us to live in these last and extraordinary days. My dear brothers and sisters, I want
1: to welcome you to another episode of Countdown to Eternity. And if you are watching this on video, then you will quickly recognize that I am alone today. And I, of course... Love these opportunities where I can come to you and share with you a story that I think is really, really, really important in light of what God's Word says, and we are going to go over a portion of Genesis 11 because I have entitled this show The Modern Day Tower of Babel, and folks, some of the videos you are about to watch are going to astound you, and if you are listening on the radio, don't worry, you're not missing out. Because what's important is what you're actually hearing. Now, I saw an article in Axios that says a real Achilles heel, that's in quotes, and it says medical devices could be hacked next, officials fear. Now, we're going to talk about medical uh, devices being hacked and actually how humans right now are attempting to be hacked and we'll talk about why that's so significant. But I think what we have to do first is we have to get into the Word of God and read what the Bible says concerning what happened with the Tower of Babel. Now, this starts in Genesis chapter 11. And let me read starting in verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. Verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime uh, had they for mortar. Now, of course, this was a common building material that we know of. And it is interesting because. Um, We see a condition on the earth in this moment where all humanity is speaking with one language. Of course, this was a condition of the flood because remember when the nomadic flood took place, we know that the whole world was in essence eliminated with the exception of one family. So they all spoke one common language. And of course, they were speaking one common language prior to this time. At least that's the general belief because we don't see any kind of indicator that there was a splitting of languages up until the moment that we're about to read but all of this is very important. Look what it goes on to say. It says, and they said, go to let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach Unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, I do think that this is very interesting because you see them speaking with one another in their common language, and they're saying that we want to build a tower so that, in essence, they can be like God. Now, what they're probably not completely realizing, although it's a part of their consciousness, is that the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well even with them in early Genesis. Remember when we talk about Antichrist, anti means instead of not against. And by the way, instead of is a lot worse than against because you're not just against the person, you want to eliminate the person to replace yourself with that person. So when you are talking about antichrist, that means you want to remove a collective consciousness of God by becoming God yourself. And that's what these people wanted to do. They were in the name of fighting for survival, in the name of foreseeing what may happen in the future, they were going out of their way to do something that would have been typically relegated for only God to do. And they wanted to build a tower that went into the heavens and they wanted to be great and they wanted to be well studied and they wanted to be well versed and understood things like God did, which is very much what we saw in the Garden of Eden, which is something that we saw Satan tempt man all about. "Hey, you can be like God and you can have the wisdom of God and so on and so forth. And of course that backfires because we will never be God, right? God is the creator of the universe. We're never going to Have his wisdom. We're never going to have his talent, understanding, determination, skill set, all of those things. But look what it says in verse five. It says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have All one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, this is interesting because God recognizes something. God recognizes the fact or is actually reiterating for our knowledge or our understanding in the word to know that he Understood that as human beings, we have this remarkable intelligence. And with that intelligence, when it is not guided and submitted and yielded to the word of God and to the Lord Himself, then we will take it and we will use it for not only nefarious purposes, but we will use it for purposes that stand outside of what God wants for us. And what happens when we do that is we, in essence, destroy ourselves. And this is sort of the way it is, right? Uh, God gives us wonderful things. He's blessed us with so much around the world, and we take it and we ruin it when we don't do things his way. And I think this kind of goes to the thing that we experience as parents all the time. You know, I, I'm the just the, the proud father of three beautiful children, but we have to place limitations on our children, right? We don't just give our children something and say, go ahead, run wild with your imagination. They could end up terribly harming themselves because they don't understand the full implications of of everything that they're doing. And when you look at these things as God intended for us to be framing them, then we would see them completely differently because we don't have the wisdom of God. We don't have the anticipatory skills. We don't have the understanding that God has, which is why we have to stay close to him because there's only one God and we are not him, right? So, God recognized this, and he he knew that what they were imagining to do was going to, in essence, kill them. By the way, it is interesting because what we know in modern technology today and what we know about the universe in which we live and what we know about the earth in which we live is if they had built something that was so high, which they very likely could have, listen, their construction skills were pretty remarkable— They could have actually killed themselves, right? It would not have been a very good situation. And I don't know how tall of a tower they would have built or what exactly uh, purpose it would have meant, but it was something that God clearly recognized as not good for them. And so God, in his grace and his mercy, made a decision to judge these people, which, by the way, when we start talking about the modern-day Tower of Babel— The kind of judgment that God executed on those people was designed to prevent a disaster. The judgment that will be executed upon the world today that is seeking out the modern-day Tower of Babel with the spirit of Antichrist will be judged permanently and forever. Two terribly different situations. One, of course, brought a benefit to the people. Remember, even when the Noahic flood took place, when God judged the world and he saved Noah and his family, remember, that was God being graceful and merciful. That was God still allowing mankind to exist through the use of his judgment. And he was doing the same thing here as he was looking at the need to bring into fruition a correction to the problem that was going on, right? So he saw what they were doing and he noticed this. And look at this verse seven. He says, Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. It's interesting how this works, right? If you don't, if you're not able to communicate with one another, you can't do anything, right? There's no way you can accomplish anything if you're not communicating. By the way, There's a very important principle here. This is why the enemy works very, very hard to put up communication barriers between people groups and between people and between families, because when communication barriers exist, then you naturally move in the direction of violence and destruction, right? In this particular context, God was seeking to limit their capacity by breaking them up into uh, people groups and specifically break up their languages because he did not want them to corroborate together in a way that would bring destruction to themselves. He was being merciful. He was being graceful to them, right? So look what it says. It says that God scattered them abroad for thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Now, this is important because it wasn't just uh, critical for God to prevent them from being able to communicate with one another through the use of language. He also had to separate them because if he didn't separate them, they would undoubtedly figure out another way to communicate with one another because that's what mankind does. We're creative about things like that because we're a reflection of the omnipotent, Uh, omniscient God who created us, right? So verse nine, it says, therefore is the name of it called Babel because the Lord there did confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. By the way, this is interesting. When we talk to somebody, we say, hey man, you're babbling. It comes from this story. This is where we get the idea of the Tower of Babel because what happened was they went from structured, articulate, clear language to all of a sudden, a bunch of babbling, and that's what's going on. Now, I think that this is important, and I wanted you to have this background because today, in the world in which we live, we are undoubtedly in the modern-day Tower of Babel. I don't want you to forget this. I want you to understand this. We are in a world today that is seeking to simply destroy anything and all that God has made good, and the idea behind the spirit of Antichrist and the construction of the modern-day Tower of Babel is that we must bring ourselves to a place where we remove our collective consciousness of God, because a collective consciousness of God will hold us accountable and keep us from doing evil things. And the way we remove our collective consciousness of God is we become gods ourselves and we make up our own rules. Nothing could be more demonic, nothing could be more evil, but that is precisely the direction that we are going in, and that is the world in which we are living. And um, I, I thought that it would be a good idea to bring up this article, because this article is very disturbing, but what's more disturbing is what waits around the corner. Let me read the beginning of this article. It says, "Amid growing cybersecurity threats to healthcare facilities, federal officials and health systems are turning their attention to potential vulnerabilities hiding in plain sight in hospital rooms, imaging centers, and even patients' homes medical devices." Why it matters. Hackers have especially targeted health systems for their valuable troves of patient data, in some cases, have temporary knocked systems offline, disrupting patient care. By the way, they've done this because they have made money in this. There was a, a whole group of people that actually completely took down a medical center and said, we won't bring it back up unless you pay us our ransom. And they had to pay the ransom, and that was a very complicated situation. And eventually, they didn't get away with it, but it was very disruptive, and um, it, it actually led to the loss of a lot of lives, Right. So this is important. Look what the article goes on to say. It says, but there are also a range of medical devices, such as MRIs, ventilators, pacemakers, and potential targets, particularly when it comes to aging devices with outdated software. And by the way, this is very true. We have people that go, in our ch- go to our church that actually have heart devices that are regularly communicating with The doctors, as a matter of fact, there was one story of a brother that uh, is now with the Lord who had a device like this on him, and um, his heart actually did something that it was not supposed to do, and the doctors were very, very, very concerned at the fact that he didn't seem to understand what was happening, and so they sent a signal, and with the sending of that signal, that person was aware that they were having a heart event, and went to the hospital, and it prevented him from actually dying because they were able to see it so early on. So there's a lot of this stuff that is coming. Communicating with the world wide web there's pills that people are swallowing that are giving uh, medical information and information regarding compliance let me show you one such picture by the way this is from years ago okay years and years ago this is the world economic forum this is the pfizer ceo saying this about a pill that they have in development let me play this for you very interesting what he says Pay attention to what he says here this is um this is absolutely crazy. We're going to go somewhere with this because this is not where it ends. okay, watch this
0: uh, basically biological
2: chip that it is in the tablet, and once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach sec- sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that uh, compliance uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take they do
1: and, and amazing, right. Notice the implications of that compliance, and yeah, it's it's amazing, but that's where medical technology is going. But listen, that's not all that big of a deal compared to the mindset that people are beginning to take on now. At first, when we talked about the whole uh, trans movement, right, it was uh, transgender, and that was becoming a big thing, and no, I'm not really a boy, I'm actually a girl, and there's a lot of discussion going on with there. But the new trans is not the transgender, the new trans is the transhuman, and that is what I would call the modern-day Tower of Babel. Why is it the modern-day Tower of Babel? Because it speaks of a group of people who hate God so much that they themselves will not only knock who God is, but they will go so far as to take advantage of crisis that exists within mankind in order to take on the assumption of the role of God because the general population is so scared of death that When they come into place, then people believe them, and the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well. Let me give you some examples of this because this is really, really important to understand and to know. Yuval Harari, many of you know who he is. Is a historian. He's literally a history teacher. That's who he is. But the thing about Yuval that everybody has to understand is that he's a representative of the World Economic Forum. And as a representative of the World Economic Forum, you need to recognize that what he is seeking to do is to bring in the world of globalism by literally replacing in the minds and the hearts of people who God is by removing the collective consciousness of God. And he is a very well-respected advisor to Klaus Schwab. He's a Jew, and keep this in mind. This is like super, super important. You have to keep this in mind. He is a person who is being used greatly by the devil to bring in the modern-day Tower of Babel. This is critical, this is important, and I want you guys to see this. So take a listen here to what he has to say. I'm going to play a few of these, but I want you to understand how little of a regard this man has for the true and living God, right? Let me just play this for starters. This one will make you sick when you hear it, so here's a standard warning, right? This is not pleasant to the ears, but listen to what he says here. Look what he says. Science is replacing
2: evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life
1: guys, I just want you to notice something. In the very beginning, what were they trying to get us to do? They were trying to get us to believe that we came from monkeys, right? And think about it. If we believe the fact that we came from monkeys, then we won't have a hard time believing the fact that we can actually create something that's more complicated than ourselves, okay? But here's the reality of it. We were created by God Almighty. And as creatures of God Almighty, we We will never become more complicated than God Almighty, nor will we ever become more complicated in our creation of what exists within us. So these lies that the devil speaks are very real, but this is very much the Tower of Babel. Listen to what he says in another place on another day, and let me show you how little regard he actually has for the truth, and how little regard he actually has for the things of God, and how he does not respect God at any level. Listen to what he says here. This is crazy, okay? That the next big projects of
2: humankind will be to overcome old age and death, to find the keys, the secret to happiness, and to basically upgrade humans into gods. This is why the title, Homo Deus, God, Man. And I don't mean it as a kind of literary metaphor. I mean it in in, in the literal sense that for thousands of years, humans have imagined gods in a particular way. They ascribed particular abilities and qualities to gods. And we are here in a church, and the walls are full of these descriptions of what God can do. And we are now seriously in the business of acquiring these traditional divine abilities and qualities to ourselves. So all these animals, all these plants, God created them and they are all organic. Now humans are trying to do better than that. We will not just gain the ability to create these organic beings that's been around for four billion years. We are in the process of learning how to create the the first inorganic entities inorganic beings uh like artificial intelligence uh, that ever existed so in this sense it's 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 a literal claim that humans are trying to upgrade themselves into gods
1: so you guys heard that he said the literal sense we're not talking figuratively he says we are going to be better than god in the literal sense This is how evil this man is. And I want you to pay attention to the wickedness that is associated with his conclusions. This is... Uh, this is the whole mindset of Satan. We're going to be like gods, where we are literally going to be God, and uh, this is what we're seeing. This is the modern day Tower of Babel. Now, this is interesting because he's going to talk about humans being hackable. Okay, listen to this. This is uh, it's just absolutely crazy. Let me play this for you. Uh, unbelievable. Then I'm going to play another video for you where he expounds upon this. People could look back in a
2: hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of...
1: Go under the skin, folks. Collect biometric data. This is a guy that really believes he can take what God made in man and make it better. I cannot think of a foolish assertion. In the video that I played for you before this video, he thinks that AI is actually better... Because it's inorganic, when in reality, what is organic is far more complicated than anything we can ever create in AI. There is nothing more complicated than DNA. There is nothing more complicated than a protein that can actually recreate the parts it needs to repair itself and then repair itself, folks. I mean, come on. This is obscene. But this is what we're dealing with. This is the reality of what we're facing. Listen to what he says next. And this is absolutely just astounding, and, again, it just confirms everything else. Maybe in a couple of decades, when people look back, the thing they will remember from the
2: COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital, and if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Because really we haven't seen anything yet. I I think that the big process that's happening right now in the world is uh, hacking human beings. The ability to hack humans. To understand deeply what's happening within you, what, what you, what, what, what makes you go. And for that, the most important data is not what you read and who you meet and what you buy, it's what's happening inside your body. So we had these two big revolutions, the computer science revolution, or the infotech revolution, and the revolution in the biological sciences. And they are still separate, but they are about to merge. They are merging around, I would say, the biometric sensor. It's the thing, it's the gadget, it's the technology that converts biological data into digital data that can be analyzed by computers. And having the ability to really monitor people under the skin, this is the the biggest game changer of all.
1: Wild, wild. If you don't see the modern day Tower of Babel here, there it is. Now, if you are still doubting where this guy is coming from, Let me play one section for you, just one, one little section of what he says, and this will summarize it all for you. And I'm going to warn you, you might get mad hearing this. It might actually make you angry when you hear this, but it needs to be heard so that you understand where he's coming from. And look what he says uh, right here. Let me roll it. This is bad. This is really bad. If you repeat a lie often enough, people will think it's the truth, and the bigger
2: the lie, the better. Mm. Because uh, people won't even think that, oh, something so big can be, can be a lie. And um, I think that fake news have been with us for thousands of years. Um, just think of the Bible.
1: But <laughs> but... The Bible, fake news, thousands of years. Folks, we are looking at the modern-day Tower of Babel. That's what we are looking at. There it is. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We are getting to the point right now, folks, where time is running out. We need to recognize we don't have it. We are not guaranteed the next day. There's only one God, and we are not him. And here's the encouragement for all of you that are believers. We are going to see Christ on that faithful day, and we are going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, and we will spend an eternity in glory. That's why we're counting down to eternity, because God is good. And guess what? We are not him. God bless you guys. And I want to just tell you this right now from the bottom of my heart. You have no idea how much it blesses me to be able to be a part of your life in speaking to you, ministering to you. And I sincerely hope that you enjoyed listening to this or watching it as much as we have enjoyed making it. May God richly bless you. We love you guys. Continue to count down to eternity, knowing that Christ will come at any moment.
0: That's Pastor James Cadiz on Countdown to Eternity. Replay this program when you visit CountdownToEternity.com. Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Well, these are extraordinary days we're living in. Prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes, and we want to keep you informed, not only on this program, but through social media as well. Follow James Cadiz and Countdown to Eternity on Instagram, and look for our channel on YouTube and Rumble at James Cadiz. I also want to make mention of JamesCadiz.com. There, you'll be able to watch the latest live shows and videos. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to the program, we'd like to hear back from you. Let us know your thoughts of the program. Send us your questions and prayer requests too. Email us through the website at CountdownToEternity.com. Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. And we'd appreciate your financial support as 2024 is well underway. It helps us do what we do each week here at Countdown to Eternity. Again, visit Countdown2Eternity.com. the number two, eternity.com. Then join us for the next edition of Countdown to Eternity with Pastor James Cadiz, a weekly presentation of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill, online at Countdown2Eternity.com.